Welcome back to For Health Sakes. What is up? Long time no chat, everybody. Yes, it's been Holy. almost a month since we released the podcast because really? Yeah, I think so. We we did a couple in there, but we haven't really released those and we just end up talking instead of doing one. <laughs> but uh we, yeah. <laughs> we, no, uh, life ha- life life happens, Tim. Life life happens. A break from the world. Um, it's been yeah. great, especially you in Ontario, Dill, with your uh, your Rob, your, sorry, Doug Ford type uh, uh, lockdowns there, man. So if, I, if anyone wants to, if anyone wants to know how a monster looks like, you can look at Doug Ford. You know what? I know I always start off with dad jokes, but I mean, since we're all in quarantine, I can only make inside jokes now. <laughs> 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 wow i haven't heard a dad joke in so long uh, that was a uh, oh, well, <laughs> your face is so red yeah <laughs> i'm wearing a red shirt that's why <laughs> his face is so red i'm glad that we started off on a positive and a light oh, note because that's what we need we need more positivity and tim is sipping out of his beautiful uh whitney cup so nice mug yeah yeah my first crush that's what it says on the mug it does it does we've been uh we've been discussing that soon we're going to have our our podcasts on uh on youtube uh we're going to figure that out soon and you guys can all see my precious mug that i drink out of it's a picture of whitney houston from her second album and yep. uh, my first crush so and and you also will see tim's face turn red after every dad joke and how much he laughs at his own jokes you know what's funny is this morning I I, uh, I saw my neighbor uh, talking to her cat, and it was obvious that she thought that the cat understood her. Like, oh, I came, so I went back to my couch and told my dog, and we had a good laugh. <laughs> okay, that was that was that was good. Anywho, let's uh, you know, let's dive in. I I'm assuming our listeners are you know pumped for this podcast. We have a special guest on. Um, you know, number one in our heart, number one in our lives. He's the best of the best. We have Dr. Jason Brooks again. So welcome to the show. Thanks, still Great, Tim. Great to be here with you guys. <clears throat> welcome, Jay. Welcome back. Uh, we, uh, if you guys know, well, you should know, we had Jay on last year for a couple amazing podcasts. Uh, tons of my athletes uh, have listened to it, gave us amazing feedback. And a few of my athletes I see now really have wanted me to get Jay on here to to discuss what you know was really going on right now with uh, with uh, with I think something that Jay can really dig down deep for us uh, with athletes their mindset during COVID. So um, I think he is a perfect man to have on here, and uh, I'm going to sit back and listen to Jay uh, spew his wisdom. Well, thanks, thanks both of you. I mean, I when when Tim and I first discussed what we might dis- uh, uh, share here today. Uh, that's what he zeroed on pretty quickly. And I can tell you, obviously, over the last year, all the performers that I work with, uh, whether it's sport or otherwise, this has been a challenge because schedules have been disrupted. If we look specifically to athletes, training schedules, competition schedules, 
everything that was a, a sense of continuity in their life has been changed upside down. The answers to the key questions, when will I compete again? I don't know. Will I get another opportunity to compete at the highest level again? I don't know. So we're dealing with all of this massive uncertainty, which if we're not careful as time goes on, just the pressure and the, the anxious types of thoughts and feelings associated with all that uncertainty, it begins to wear on us. And it begins, it's like a slow air out of the balloon effect. Yeah, we're still training, but are, are we in it as much in terms of our full spirit? That's the thing that we have to protect against. I believe it was no less of a source than Viktor Frankl, uh, who, if you've ever read Man's Search for Meaning. So Viktor Frankl has two incredible parts of his history that, that are worth mentioning. Number one, uh, he survived the concentration camps of World War II. Uh, number two, he went on not only to survive that, to, but to become one of the preeminent psychologists of, of history. And in his seminal book called Man's Search for Meaning, he sort of describes what it took to survive, you know, survive the, the atrocities of the Holocaust. And the, the biggest thing that you take away from his experience, and we're not obviously comparing what he went through to, you know, what, what COVID has been like for, for athletes, but one of the main takeaways, he says, look, the bottom line is this. If we are unable, by no virtue of our own doing or, or ability, if we are unable to change our external circumstances, we are challenged to change ourself. That is what these COVID times really boil down to for athletes. If we spend the rest of our time focusing on all the things we can't do and the competitions we missed on and the opportunities that you know may who knows sail past us that's going to impact every part of our being if we can be better at not allowing those thoughts and those feelings to so effectively steal my spirit and my energy and my focus this is what we can do i wish i had some more positive thing hey athletes of the world say these three words click your heels and covid disappears and you can train and your life's normal i don't have that speech the reality is this is what we're dealing with. And, I'll, and to me, it boils down to then a few things that are important that, that are that are necessary for any athlete at the best of times to truly you know, become the best that they can be. We need to be driven by some things that are stronger than the, the burden and, and the emotions and the frustration of our current circumstances. We have to be anchored to a sense of purpose that's stronger than all that shit. We have to be anchored to a set of standards, professional and personal standards, that it doesn't matter what I'm thinking or how I'm feeling or what I can't do. The standards carry me through. I show up, I do my work, I do it the fullest, I get out of there. We also have to be anchored, I feel, just to in general a sense of conviction. You might call it discipline. I would call it conviction. Again, there are the circumstances and then there's the power of our dream and how strong that is to us. The biggest challenge here for athletes is this. Is that stronger than your current realities? Is that dream and the goal and your passion and your work ethic and your spirit, is it stronger than what we can't do right now? If it is, you will persevere and you will thrive. And I've had athletes who have taken this year to become better. There's no excuse. There's no, well, we'll just get through this year and then we'll rebuild them. Nonsense. The only thing you can't do is compete. Mm -hmm. We train more than we compete anyways. You know, I don't care if you're talking about a fighter, a wrestler, whatever. How many times a year would they actually compete? 365 days in a year. What do they compete? 20 days? So we spend 90% of our time training anyways. Oh, but I can't go to the gym. It's so different. Okay, you and everybody can't do the same thing. 
So we're all equally at a disadvantage. So then what's it going to come down to? Who is most resourceful? Who is most committed? Who is not allowing any unnecessary focused energy to be consumed by shit they can't fucking change? This is mm-hmm. the way through. We reclaim that focus energy for ourselves by not resisting our circumstances as they are, but saying, this is the reality. There's a great um, a guy named Trevor Moet, whose stuff I really like. So he does what I do, um, but he works you know, with sort of top-level NFL quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and, and people of that ilk. And he said, look, he has this principle called neutral thinking, which I love. And, and neutral thinking, I think, can be described more, more effectively by looking at its poles. So if we had negative thinking and if we had positive thinking, it's sort of being the continuum, right? I don't think we would have much uh, uh, debate as to whether or not if we could secrete and experience positive thoughts more frequently than negative thoughts. I don't think many people would say that's a bad thing. Like, that would be good. The problem is life has this funny thing about it of throwing challenges and setbacks and kicking us in the, in the crotch from time to time. So it can be difficult to feel positive thoughts genuinely when we're immersed in certain things that there's really not much I can cling to to feel all that great about. You know, to tell an athlete, hey, just be positive, you know, things will get better. That doesn't help me here now. I'm focused on all the things I can't do. So I'm in a negative sort of feeling state to tell me, hey, just be positive. A is too big of an emotional leap because I've been spending Mm -hmm. the last year bemoaning my circumstances and feeling anything but. And secondly, if I was to say the words, oh, you're right, I just have to be positive. I don't mean it. It will have absolutely zero effect on my mind and, and my attention because the emotions that are so strongly tied to the negative feelings, it's like looking at that and just swatting it like a fly. It's like, get the fuck out of here with your positive shit, okay? There's nothing to feel good about. We're stressed. We're worried. Our career's over. I missed my junior window. You know, like you said, this is what people are thinking. So yeah, I, thinking is, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Uh, you, you continue. So neutral thinking is what exists between there. Neutral thinking starts with an acknowledgement of the situation as it is. So for an elite athlete who can't compete or train like they are accustomed to, and it's not just affecting you know, their, their future goals, but their well-being because the structure, it's like, hey, elite athlete, what are you doing uh, uh, in May 17th at 7 p.m. Uh, training? Okay, how about August 14th at 2 p.m.? Uh, training. It's like, now what are they doing? I don't know. I don't even know what to do because I've, I've never had to think about all these years. Neutral thinking, going back to this point, exists between. It starts with acknowledging the circumstances as they are. It says, you know what? This fucking sucks. I hate the fact that we're in the midst of this. and I can't do anything about it. I, that's what's real. That's what's true. And that's how I feel. <sighs> and yet in spite of that, the next action, the next thought, the next behavior, that's all on me. I, because I'm feeling this way now does not mean I need to be thinking and feeling that in the next moment. That's where my control is. So if I can acknowledge my circumstances as less than ideal, but then immediately go, and in spite of that, I'm not going to allow it to take me down or to distract me or or to steal so much of my focus and energy that I'm no longer improving. I will not do that. And here's how I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to think this way. I'm going to pursue this activity. I'm going to, I'm going to take a week off if maybe life gets overwhelming for a while and I'm just burning out from all the things on my plate, I control the next behavior and I help my mind by acknowledging. It's like, yeah, it does suck what's happening right now. And in neutral, 
Do you think it's then easier to build towards positive? You're damn right it is. So, and here's mm-hmm. the other most, here's the most important part about this principle that Trevor Moab points out. From a neuroscience perspective, the way that our, our mind's attention latches onto negative thoughts versus positive thoughts, there is a 10 times, upwards of a 10 times greater gravitational or magnetic pull towards negative thoughts. So if you reduce negative thoughts, you 10x your circumstances automatically. We don't have to go from negative all the way to positive. It might be just too far of a leap, and our mind and our heart will reject that. So if we can just work to get to neutral to begin with, now we're in business. There was um, a very famous story of this. One of my, well, my main mentor, Kel Botterill, told a story of, uh, it's a public story. This is not, you know, anything private or stuff. Um, but Clara Hughes, the very famous uh, Canadian cyclist, um, I believe it was the Vancouver Olympics, but I could be wrong about that. But she was competing in the, the longest of the, the distance uh, skating events. Speed By the skating. way, isn't, isn't she incredible? This is this Clara Hughes, is one of my all time favorite athletes. And I'll tell you why. Not only has she done a lot for the community and she's very humble and she's a great representative, representative of Canada, but she like, like just think about this for a second. This woman has won Olympic medals in the winter and the summer games, like in two different sports. Like who, who does that? Like who wins medals in winter and summer games in two different sports? It's just astronomical odds. And, and okay. Who makes two Olympics? Yeah. Who makes medals? Provincial medals in two like, such, well, a ba- such a badass woman. She really is. But so the story that was relayed to me is, and, and again, maybe the details aren't 100% accurate, but never let them get in the way of a good story, right? Um, it's it's 90% accurate to say that. And so the, the, anything, the, the gist of it was is that, so she's in the most grueling event of them all, uh, the, the long distance speed skating. And in the worst case of scheduling scenarios, she scheduled the last day, the last event. Uh, which is awful for a variety of reasons. Number one, just you're going to have maximum time with that anticipatory anxiety in the village two weeks and, and around all that. But for someone like Tim, who's been to these multi-sport you know, sport events, the other thing that happens is at the Olympics, after week one, half the athletes are done. So the Olympic village turns into Mardi Gras. So here you're trying to stay, you know, into your routine and stay focused. And, and, and there's, you know, it's like being in a nightclub every friggin' night. So in terms of sustainable energy, this was the worst possible case you could get as an athlete. And so that experience is waiting to be experienced whichever way you choose. She declared for herself before it that that was going to be the reason why she had an advantage. She was going to be the best at managing her focus and her energy for the full two weeks, knowing full well that other people, if they weren't doing that, were going to slowly fade. The pressure, being in the village too long, et cetera. And just kept imprinting that belief and that expectation. Guess what? She had a great performance on the day. And if I'm not mistaken, she meddled. Um, but again, so it's like the circumstances are, are what they are. It's No one's going to say, hey, it's amazing. I get to compete on the last day of the Olympics. It's great. It'd be awesome trying to focus and sleep when everybody's, you know, partying it up. No, neutral thinking. That fucking sucks. That's certainly not the best possible thing. 
But I'll tell you what, if, if I look at it the right way, I could turn that into an advantage. I'll be the one showing up there with more energy than anybody else, which at the highest level is the difference. That might be all mm-hmm. the difference. So already viewing the circumstances differently. They still sucked as bad for her and everybody else, but her experience of it was in a much more constructive way, and it, it manifested into performance. I like that. I like how it's like more of a neutral outlook. And then this is something you and I talked about too, Jason, before, because, you know, I think I myself was like trying so hard towards, you know, going towards the more positive mindset, positive mindset, positive mindset. And if I wasn't positive, I would beat myself up. I'm like, why aren't you positive? But I really like how you, how you say that the neutral, just, just, just be neutral and work your way up towards that. Cause you're already headed in, the right direction for that because it's true like especially during times like this you're not like let's be super fucking positive like that's just <laughs> it's not gonna happen immediately right like you have to no. work it work be, your way up to the it mind will reject it because it just it it doesn't feel it so i can say the words oh i'm doing amazing it's so great are you really like you don't need to say that let's just be honest like, oh, it's, it's been tough but i'm gonna be yeah. okay. and here's why i'm taking care of myself i'm staying active i'm doing these things it's gonna but be we, fine theory because if you look at it math or let's just figure out like let's do financials like if you're negative which is debt positive which is credit if you're in a whole 100 grand it's a lot harder to be plus 100 grand but if you're debt you're zero you can get to 100 grand a lot easier right so i like the fact that if if you keep it neutral in a really shitty time that you can't control uh and your best and you know what and 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 sometimes that requires a lot of effort just to be in neutral. I know with myself, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'm trying my best to educate all my patients on the health aspect of this, this disease, uh, of how to stay healthy. So you give yourself the best uh, defense to fight this. And I give them different education, um, you know, um, on, on, on lifestyle, on, on, on sleeping, on eating, on working out, on, on, on rehab and everything. And so all that effort they're putting into it is just to get to neutral, I guess. And I think I was trying to be a little too positive and say, come on, let's go. Like, you know, think positive. This is, but you're right. If I can get them in neutral, it's much easier them to go themselves to positive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like acknowledging what's happening, accepting it mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, yes, this sucks, but like, let's take a deep breath, soak it in. And then, okay, what can we do to just like, move move towards like the right yes. direction yeah exactly. not just being like not just getting mad at yourself for you know feeling these emotions because we're all allowed to experience these emotions and as long like i love how jason has always taught me you know what if you're experiencing frustration anger acknowledge it breathe through it and then just try to you know move past it let it go and be like okay it is what it is sitting in that emotion and dwelling about it is not going to fix anything or it's not going to change anything let's just try to like take the steps moving towards more like the neutral area and then work our way up to the positive yeah there's an efficiency there it's, it's just an easier thing to do and, and to sustain um and again mm-hmm. it's the the biggest thing is after a year plus of people you know feeling that their lives are, are still affected and they are it is to give some sense of momentum in a better direction because most of most people i think are beginning to fall into that chronic sort of negative thought loop cycle. Um, yeah. Part of the, what we need to do is first to reverse that. So, I mean, again, for athletes who 
have been bemoaning for the last 18 months every single day, worrying about their future, worrying about their future, worrying about their future. Well, I mean, that's going to create doubt and anxiety that, that could last. So, I mean, again, it's like, look, there is uncertainty, no question about that, but let's step back and go, what do we need to do with uncertainty in and of itself? And there's yeah. a few things. I mean, in, in early days of COVID, working with uh, ER docs in New York who were up against it, like you would not believe, I mean, so much fear, so much uncertainty and, and helping them come up with strategies to get through that. If we can do help them be better on that, I mean, the rest of us can... I certainly think be better with dealing with whatever uncertainty is affecting us in, in our lives. And for me, it's, it's all coming from fear. Like what are athletes afraid of? You know, we had a conversation sort of before we, we started recording here, Tim was sharing with some of, you know, the athletes that he's affiliated with. And you have people who are worried about windows of opportunity, perhaps, you know, closing or, or being missed, or maybe you're not as strong whenever this thing starts up again. So this literally produces sort of an existential sense of fear about our future. And so that's fear driving how we are interpreting our circumstances. So I always say, listen, fear is a signal. Start right there and just go stop. When I'm getting in that negative cycle, when I'm worrying about, oh, my God, I'm going to miss out and, you know, this competition and this opportunity, whatever, stop. It's just fear. Fear is saying there's a threat. There is a threat, an uncertain future. But if I just sat there spinning in the fear until such point that that future is now revealed and, and more certain, there might not be anything left before I get there. So I have to acknowledge the fear, like you just said, Dilpreet, but then I have to meet that fear with some other information. Because there is other information that we, when we are in a state of fear and anxiety towards our future, we're not focusing in on. So what can we do to help talk to that fear? Let it know what it needs. It, it's Dealing and uh, it's stressed about the uncertainty. So, okay, by extension, what do we think fear would be would need if I could give it? Could I give it any certainty? Could I give fear any sense of reassurance about my future possibilities and prospects? Okay, well, let's see. What could we what could we look at? What could I do to add certainty? I don't know. Have you ever been through tough times before? Have you ever experienced a layoff before? If you know Tim, that means maybe you've been through an injury. I'm guessing you've been without your sport before for three months or two weeks or whatever. Okay. What else? Have you any capabilities to deal with setbacks? Are you resilient at all? You're, you're at this level. Clearly, you're mentally tough. You know, what can we be doing to add certainty here? Do you have a strong work ethic? Do you believe in yourself? Are your goals stronger and your dreams stronger than, than any fucking pandemic? Yes, yes, yes. Then what are we worried about? Focus on what you can do. And when this thing's done, you've not lost any important training time. Jay, I, I love that last statement you made. And, and to go back to what I like saying to my patients, which you said way better, I always say, listen, we're not fragile little little nothings. We're, we're, we're resilient creatures. We adapt so we can survive just like this virus is doing <laughs> like we humans adapt we become variants of ourselves wow that's awesome mutations of ourselves so we're the b71748hqr variant of tim and of jason of dilpree like we we become variants to adapt and survive so we are resilient we're not fragile so great great point there jay right so just think, you know, a lot of my athletes have gone through a year off with an Achilles tear or an ACL rehabilitation or, you know, a concussion. I've had, I've had a few of those lately before COVID that, that wasted, not wasted, but have lost a year of their, of their, you know, peak, peak yeah. age. 
and due to injury, they bounce back and they become world's best again. So it's a great mindset. And I, I didn't even think of that angle of, listen, compare this to when you had your ACL surgery or when you had your concussion, when you, you did nothing for six months. Yeah. Way, yeah. Behind, way behind the curve. You made it back because you adapted, you're resilient, you're not fragile. And, 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 and are any of those characteristics still on the table for us? And the, the athlete will smile and say, well, yeah. Course, mm-hmm. we're good, is what you're and saying. This is why they are elite athletes because they have those characteristics. So, much of my athletes like they, they do have that, which is why they're up there for a reason because mm-hmm. they are resilient, they do adapt, and, they, and they're not fragile. So, and, and this is, is yes, so the right? truth about their circumstances is yeah, right now there's a bunch of uncertainty. I don't know the answers when will I compete again or what, but I don't know that. But I do know that that does not have to mean that I can't continue to grow, progress, improve, et cetera, in that time. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would be preventing me from that is me. And you might say, oh, that's not true. You know, I'm a wrestler. I can't wrestle this, that. It's like, listen, everybody in the world at one point was equally at a disadvantage. So then again, it becomes who can find the creative, adaptive ways, like Tim is saying, to, to train and get better for it. I got two fighters that I work with that, First, they were here for part of it. They, they live and train in Ireland. So they were here when, when in early days of COVID, when basically, you know, uh, uh, people working abroad from Canada were told to come back, and they did. And no gyms were open or anything, and they borrowed a piece of equipment from a gym, and they were doing some type of primitive workout in a garage in the cold spring, and their shadow. It was like Rocky uh, in the, the yeah. teaser type of shit, right? Rocky they, they did more road work, and, and they focused on drilling, and they, they focused on... Uh, a film study and like they they just to tim's point they adapted this is what we can do and the people who are going to get further ahead on the heels of are wasting less time on what they can't do and how and they're focused more so on what they can do which is another thing that's important in times of uncertainty and then the other the yeah. piece to me is just plan you know it, the the people here who are worried about the future it's like oh my god what if this thing doesn't happen or but answer the question like answer the damn question. What happens if you don't get to make this world's world championships? You know, uh, I don't know. I never really answered the question. It just would suck really bad and, and be off. And is that it? Like you hang them up, career's over. Well, no, I mean, there'll be a next year's one. Okay. So then here you are stressed to death about something that if we allowed ourselves to work it all the way through, we're afraid of a worst case scenario. We don't know how we'd be. Well, be a great time to figure that out is right now before the fucking awful thing happens. What would I do? How would I respond? What types of supports would be helpful? What does it actually mean in, in the big picture of my career? A lot of people would do that and go, well, it means I didn't get to compete this year, but you know, doesn't mean anything beyond that. And yes, could there be the odd person that just by fluke of timing and life circumstance, this could, could be a thing that prevents them? Uh, maybe from capitalizing on, on something, and, and maybe that is the end. I, I don't know. It's possible that that could happen. But then the next part of that is then planning for what happens next. How will I adjust? Mm-hmm. This is the end. What's my next plan? What do I want to do in this life? There's an opportunity here to get ahead of the fearful feelings by working them all the way through. Astronauts do this all the time. Like Their day is spent planning for the most catastrophic, worst-case scenarios. And I'd read Colonel uh, Chris Hadfield's book, the famous Canadian astronaut. He's and amazing. he said, when I tell people that's what I do every day, they go, good Lord, your, your life sucks. Like how negative and pessimistic. He said, it's the opposite. 
when you're prepared for the worst possible things that could happen, there is a sense of peace and calm and control that you experience as a result. It lowers anticipatory anxiety and it shifts the what if fears into, well, if that happens, here's what I'll do. That's planning. And Chris Hatfield, one, one thing about him that makes him the genius he is, of course, he's was space station for however how long and one of the first Canadian astronauts to live up there. And I think what makes him the absolute genius that he is, is he's a very loud, self-proclaimed Toronto Maple Leaf fan. So <laughs> I love him for that. Oh, man. That, I, is, I'll look around and say, oh my God. I was waiting for I, something profound. When I was waiting down, for some sort of inspirational, yeah, like, well, inspirational, like, fear. It really? certainly is. Really? <laughs> that took my heart. When he first came back to Earth, and he was interviewed, like NASA, like, what's the first thing you're going to do? He goes, hug my wife and watch a Leaf game. <laughs> like, I love this man. I met him at his book signing at, uh, in Grant Park when he was here. And just a lovely man. And uh, yeah, he was awesome. And so my son was wearing a Maple Leaf shirt. So he, of course, commented and gave a big high five. And it was, it was cute. Jason, Jason, Kim definitely made his son wear that Maple Leaf shirt to go there. He right. used his son. He's like, let me use my son so he can talk to me. <laughs> That's awesome. Son is a prop. Hey, you do what you got to do in this life. I'll tell you what, I, I appreciate the hustle by Tim. How's that? <laughs> I love that. Oh. To, to, to build off something you said earlier, too, that I think is, is really important. Um, and it, it's, it's a term that I'd only come across in the last couple of years. And I, wow, that's beautiful. Uh, we do talk about resilience a lot. You know, that by definition, exactly what Tim said, the ability to bounce back to form after some sort of setback, you know, an injury who can return to, to, to their physical peak and, and go beyond that sort of a thing. There's another term though, that I think is, is perhaps more uh, impactful. And that the term is called anti-fragile. And I think it's kind of what Tim was, was alluding to. And that is that there are, there are certain systems in life that only grow and only improve by virtue of being exposed to stress and failure and setback. Um, ironically, as we're in the midst of a pandemic, we could say that our immune system is one of those systems. You know, how do we learn to recover from airborne viruses? Well, we get exposed to it. It stresses our system. It's forced to adapt, build antibodies, and there we go. So that adversity strengthens the immune system. That's the way it works. How do uh, looking at these two studs on, on the freaking call here? How, how do we get bigger muscles? You know, sitting on the couch relaxing, thinking about it. No, like working it to the to the max, stretching to the point of failure. It's forced to adapt and grow. The human mind is the same thing. You know, adversity makes us stronger if we have the right supports in place and if we interpret it the right way. It's designed mm -hmm. to make us stronger. So mm -hmm. again, people who can get through an, a year like this as an athlete or anybody and stay meaningfully connected to their training with a sense of purpose and passion that yes, at times it's going to be harder. I, I get that. But nevertheless, it, it really just becomes me versus me. If I can maintain that and sustain that, I will be better for these times or at the very least the potential exists there. And not only that, if I can show myself that I can stay consistent during a year like this, that the worst kind of set of conditions for elite athletes who are so, you know, routinized and scheduled, then what does it tell me about any small, insignificant setback in the future? Like, are you kidding me? I stayed me during a freaking pandemic where I couldn't go to the gym and be with my friends, et cetera. Oh, our, our tournament got postponed by a week? Who freaking cares? 
that's nothing compared to what I've been through. That this becomes the bar in terms of what mm-hmm. we're capable of. And most other difficulties and stressors, you'd like to think, even an injury might feel below that in terms of just having an impact on us. So it allows us to carry forward feeling even stronger than we ever could have thought. Bob Marley once said, you never know how strong you can be until being strong is your only choice. I love that. Oh, oh my God, Bob. I love that we dropped Bob Marley in here. That's awesome. Oh my God. That's a really, really good one. Mm-hmm. That's so true. A lot of yeah, uh, good takeaways today, Jay. I mean, I we just listened and I've learned more than the past 25 minutes and a half. And I feel like we were in like a Rocky movie. Yeah, I feel like and, I want to. And, and Dr. Jason was just like motivating, and now I'm like ready to go crush a workout. <laughs> want to go run in a snow filled like Siberia up a mountain and then yell, Adrian! After, uh, sorry, Drago! <laughs> uh, I just feel really uh, pumped. That was an amazing. But no, I, I hope our athletes hear this, they take that away. I think my biggest takeaway today is that neutral thinking. If you're in, if you're in that, if you can. Stay in that neutral zone. It's much, much, much easier to get into the positive territory. So you don't have that tenfold increase of negative thoughts overwhelming yes. yeah. you, uh, which I've been guilty of having negative thoughts and uh, just frustration with 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 what's going on with everything and and not being able to be a loud enough voice sometimes and trying to get through to people and and just to help them struggling and and it's like. I, it's it's a lot of negative thoughts. So I'm going to do my best to, to keep in that neutral position. And that makes, because I can't be positive. You know, because even what you just said there, it's like you're, you're saying with, with a lot of what's happening right now in the world and all the rest. Yeah. People are frustrated. They are scared. They are angry. They're worried. They're all of these things. So to tell someone, Hey, don't be that way. Don't think that way. Don't feel that way. Hey, fuck you. This is how I feel. So to tell them to not feel something they are isn't helpful. To tell them they should be positive when they're feeling anything but is not helpful. To go, man, you're right. It's really challenging what we're going through. What are we going to do about it? You know, what's the pathway through? What could we lean on? Our work ethic, our values, our standards? Like, yeah, there's a lot of things we can't control, but, but let's make sure disproportionately I'm focused on what I can. And now more than ever, your desire to become great at whatever it is that you're striving to become great at will be battle tested. And if you can have one extra percentage of meaning and purpose and passion as to why these, these set of circumstances are not going to prevent you from getting where you want to go, you'll persist. And it's just a Mm -hmm. simple equation. Whereas if it's the other way, if I can't bring myself to stay connected to it enough, because all I'm focusing on is what I can't do and what I'm missing on, et cetera, I naturally won't have the focus. I naturally won't have the motivation that it would have otherwise. And now I'm working against myself. And the best performers that I've ever been around, they do not make their circumstances harder. And if I was pissing and moaning and negative the whole year, that would be making my circumstances harder. Yeah. Wow. Like full on like mic drop moments right now. Oh, this this is awesome. We could listen to you forever. All day. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing about Jason. Like anytime like we chat, like hours like fly by, like nothing. I think this is, you know, a so, uh, really important message for not only athletes, but for everybody. Yeah. Like, because, you know, there's going to be um, challenging times for everyone in life and where your resilience is tested. So it's not just sports. It's, that's life. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So well, Jay, 
how do people get hold of you if they have any questions they want your services they want to talk to you uh what are your main avenues of uh of communication i would say uh linkedin would probably be the the best to get a hold of me just my name uh jason brooks uh i'm on instagram dr j bro uh dr period j b r o at dr j bro uh, you could also email me. It's at, uh, sorry, uh, drjbro at gmail.com. Doctor is spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R, and then J-B-R-O at uh, gmail.com. Those would be the three best uh, places. I'm revamping a, a website as we speak uh, with a talented Danya that Dilpreet knows. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll have it up and running soon enough. But uh, those are the best portals as of, as of right now. Awesome. And everyone, well, just so that know me, they know I talk a lot. And today I was and I think Dr. Brooks is one of the only people in the world that can keep me just listening and silent and uh, just uh, amazing information, Jay. And once again, like uh, our, our listeners are very lucky to, to, to hear you. And uh, thank you so much again for being on here. It's once again, a privilege and it's uh, a very good learned moment for all of us. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Yeah. Uh, to our listeners, uh, you know, uh, we were saying this earlier, but Jason is the one that made me take a week off, off work because he just knew he's like, you need this. And I've had many breakthroughs with him as well, you know, and I'm very, very grateful. My heart. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. We're for sure going to have you many more times. I think it was, this time it was way too long that we had you, had you back. Yeah, we're going to have you back sooner. Yeah, Thanks so thank much, you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Time. thank you to our listeners. Um, Tim, well, that was, that was an awesome one. And uh, I'm just like, wow. I'm it's, just sitting here, just mind, mind blown. Yeah, it's one podcast where I just want to listen and learn. And mm -hmm. uh, once again, he took the ball running. And I, I'm listening to him speak. And I'm just in my own head I'm thinking, oh, man, I should have been doing this for the past year. I should have been saying that. Yeah. Yep. Because I, I've been guilty of saying, come on, man, like, let's go. Let's forget negative thoughts. Think positive. That's totally. Good. And I, 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 I like I'm really going to start using that neutral thinking for myself included. Now that really helped me kind of put into perspective uh, a lot of bullshit out there that uh, I'm not going to get into that. I just can't comprehend that's happening. So this way I'll think neutral. And then when we do get out of this mess, uh, it's a lot easier to go back into my positive territory. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah, then preserve the energy. The same there. Um, and their frustrations are very, very loud and apparent and I get them and I'm going to try to help them back this way as well now. And, and uh, I love it. I learned a lot today. That was a pretty amazing talk. With mm -hmm. Jay. That was awesome. Well, thank you again. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you all so much love. And if you want to find us, uh, you can find me on Instagram at D underscore little underscore tank and Tim. Uh, at sport and spine physio. Awesome. Well, I think that's it, Tim. Do you have a dad joke to leave us off with or are we <laughs> I already told two amazing ones, so we're going to leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm so happy. Fine. I don't want to ruin it now with a really bad joke. <laughs> Fine. He's red again, you guys. He's red. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. Peace. Peace. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey.